It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We welcome you. Good to have you aboard with us on the Locked On Redskins podcast. This is episode number 213. I am your host, Chris Russell. As always, you can follow uh, along at Locked Redskins on Twitter, at Locked Redskins for all NFL team news, information, coverage from all across the National Football League. Please make sure you follow at Locked On NFL Net, at Locked On NFL Net for both Twitter and Instagram at Locked On NFL Net. So, a couple of things here. Um, just in full disclosure, I wasn't able to make it to Doug Williams' press conference on Monday. Uh, so I'm still trying to secure the audio for that to have on uh, a future episode here of the Locked on Redskins podcast, uh, hopefully uh, on the next episode. Just still trying to work on that to be fair. Uh, but this is, again, episode number 213, and we do have quotes from Doug Williams. So I wanted to go over a number of different things uh, from him. And then again, hopefully we'll be able to acquire that audio uh, and play it for you um, before the NFL draft. So I just wanted to kind of pick through this and go through the quotes as transcribed by the Redskins Public Relations Department. And there was nothing earth-shattering about what Doug Williams had to say. I think... The Doug Williams situation certainly warrants some monitoring is how I'll leave it over the next couple of weeks. I'm hearing a lot of things. Um, Don't know if they're going to happen or not, Uh, but there is some solid speculation, if not kind of pointed things that have been said to me behind the scenes uh, by people I trust and I'm still working on trying to put it all together. Just saying, keep an eye on Doug Williams. Uh, especially, I would keep an eye on Doug Williams in this regard. With Rod Graves, the former Arizona Cardinal general manager and New York Jets uh, interim general manager and vice president of player personnel taking over the Fritz Pollard Alliance. And with a lack of minorities in general in head coaching, and general manager positions. Just saying, keep an eye on Doug Williams. I'll leave it at that. So Doug Williams spoke with the media on Monday at Redskins Park, and one of the things he was first asked about was whether or not the trade for Case Keenum affected the Redskins' ability or affects the Redskins' ability to draft a quarterback in the first round. At number 15 overall. Now, listen, uh, it's an obligatory question, I guess, that you have to ask. As we mentioned on yesterday's podcast, uh, what, episode number 212, uh, towards the end, 
the Cardinals seem to be moving on from the notion and the idea that they're going to take Kyler Murray, which means they're going to keep Josh Rosen. Reportedly, the Redskins are out on the outside looking in, according to Adam Schefter and others, when it comes to Josh Rosen, um, simply because I guess they don't want to pay the freight if he's even available, number one. And again, that's always been the question. And everyone just ran wild with this rampant speculation that Kyler Murray was automatically going to become number one. Um, and that was never true. That was never true. Um, so it doesn't look like the Redskins are going to get Josh Rosen. Okay, so moving on from there, of course, they didn't know if they were going to either. So they went out and secured a competent, experienced, potential starter, and a guy who I think ultimately will start more than Colt McCoy because, quite honestly, he'd been able to stay healthier more than Colt McCoy in Case Keenum. So Doug Williams was asked about that trade kind of preventing the Redskins from, or or, uh, affecting, not preventing, affecting whether or not they would take a quarterback in the first round. Again, the Redskins have visited with nine quarterbacks. That's the second most in the NFL in the pre-draft process, according to um, a couple of different gathering sources, WalterFootball.com and... um, some other places, uh, as we kind of chronicled yesterday. So here's what Doug Williams said, so I'm quoting, and he should know, right? Well, the NFL is a quarterback league. Case has done a good job over the last couple of years where he has been. We needed a quarterback, and we were able to trade for Case, but, and this is the key thing, just so you know, that does not put us out of the realm of picking a quarterback if there is one there that we like at 15. We don't know who is going to be there at 15. That is true. We got some guys that we do like. And if those guys are there, then there's a discussion to be had. And I'm sure it will come up. There's a possibility that it will happen. With a lot of players in this draft, that can help us. We'll look at it from that standpoint, too. He says, who is highest on the board at at that particular time? That quarterback is the highest, and we got a pick. Nine out of ten it's going to be a quarterback. But if not, then that is a discussion. Now, that's a long, rambling answer. But the most important thing that I guess you take out of that, and it doesn't absolutely mean that they will take a quarterback, but the most important thing you say is you got the guy who's supposedly in charge of personnel, Doug Williams, the senior VP of player personnel, although a lot of, a lot of people certainly had their doubts, let's put it that way, about that title equaling exact responsibility. He says the quarter, the NFL is a quarterback league. Well, clearly, he was a quarterback, so he's going to think probably like that. And most people would agree with that, right? You have to have a good quarterback. Okay. Then he says, if that quarterback is the highest on their board and we have a pick, 9 out of 10, it's going to be a quarterback. So what he's telling you is there's a very good chance that if a quarterback that they like, that they have graded 15 or below, maybe 14, you know, and he's still there, or, or, or I should say not, not 15 or below, 15 or higher, 
Maybe if a guy is 16th on their overall board, certainly you can stretch at 15. And 10. But 15th or higher on their board, and he's still there at 15, the Redskins are very likely to take a quarterback. Now, who that guy is going to be, I have no idea. There's a lot of building momentum and a lot of sense that Dwayne Haskins, who played again his high school football in Potomac, Maryland. He's not from Maryland. He was born, I guess, in Jersey. Uh, Yes, he visited with the Giants. He wore an Eli Manning jersey, apparently. I saw an interview with him on NFL Network on Monday with Andrew Siciliano. He apparently knows and went to school with Dan Snyder's son. Listen, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that a couple of things are at play here. Dwayne Haskins is a strong-armed quarterback who is accurate and who has really good ball location, right? He's from the area, local kid, who probably, you know, ultimately looking back should have gone to Maryland. Uh, In a lot of people's mind, he he made the right choice by going to Ohio State. People are going to ding him for a couple of reasons. One, lack of playing experience. Two, lack of mobility. And I get it. All of that is fair. But even a quarterback that has three or four years of college experience is going to face a growing curve, uh, you know, in in the pros. They are going to. Um, The bigger thing that I would worry about with Dwayne Haskins, besides his experience and besides his mobility, because I think he's got pretty decent mobility inside the pocket, and he's learning kind of to step up into pressure, all that stuff. The biggest thing that I would be worried about is they kind of run one of those wacky, funky type read option systems. Not read option. Um, uh, jet sweep type systems with a lot of spread principles at Ohio State. So is he going to be able to make that conversion to a more conventional West Coast offense? Is he going to be able to drop from under center on a basis of 20, 25, 30%, whatever it is? These are the questions that I have of Dwayne Haskins. Oh, by the way, I would probably still have them about just about any other quarterback. A lot of quarterbacks are largely operating from pistol and gun. They are not dropping from under center in college anymore. A lot of systems are funky, spread out, jet option, jet sweep type offenses. That's why this is so hard to figure out. To me, Dwayne Haskins is the best quarterback in this draft. I I haven't shied away from that. Um, According to Pro Football Focus, he's got a 73.2 quarterback rating when under pressure with four touchdowns, three interceptions, um, a 5.84 yards per attempt rate a 55.1% completion percentage, and an 8.61 average depth of target. Again, when under pressure. His deep passer rating, not bad. 31 of 72 for 1,050 yards, 17 touchdowns, and two interceptions. You know, it's, to me, Dwayne Haskins has the best arm, the best sense of running an offense, the best commitment, to football, Kyler Murray's got a stronger arm, but Dwayne Haskins has a lot of other things that Kyler Murray doesn't have. He's got size, he's got bulk, he's got frame. Kyler Murray's going to get killed in the NFL. 
He's faster. Great. Congratulations. He'll be a jitterbug hard, but A, is he committed, and B, is he going to survive? Now, that doesn't mean Dwayne Haskins is not going to get beat up. That doesn't mean Dwayne Haskins is not going to get hurt. But he's got a much bigger chance, much better chance, at 220, 222, whatever he is. So again, I think Dwayne Haskins is the best quarterback in this draft class. I I think many others share that same analysis, uh, including guys like Lewis Riddick of ESPN, who you certainly respect, I respect, why wouldn't you respect? That doesn't mean that the other quarterbacks are not good. They all have their individual qualities. Dwayne Haskins might not have the best mobility. Dwayne Haskins might come from kind of a funky system. Uh, It's not that funky compared to where the NFL is going, by the way. Shotgun spread, a lot of options, jet option sweeps. I mean, the Redskins do some of that. They should do more of it, quite honestly. Um, I understand that there is a jump, a leap. I understand all of that. But I have a lot of questions about Kyler Murray size, frame, all I have a ton of questions about Drew Locke's accuracy and Daniel Jones's accuracy. Is Dwayne Haskins the smartest quarterback in the probably not. That's probably Daniel Jones. Do I think that Dwayne Haskins is ever going to be uh, a diva and a major problem like Kyler Murray? No. Do I think that Dwayne Haskins has the best accuracy and a very good arm? Yes. The best ball. These are the things that are more important to me. I could be wrong. I could be completely off here. But if you ask me of the four top quarterbacks in this draft, it starts with Dwayne Haskins, and then the other guys come in way below that for various different reasons. Again, that doesn't mean I'm right, but that's just how I see it. All right. When we return, Chris Collinsworth, uh, who is part of the ownership group over at our favorite website profootballfocus.com put out his mock draft we'll tell you who he's got for the Redskins and how he sees things Uh, as well we'll have more from Doug Williams in terms of some other position groups that we've got to get to that is straight ahead right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast again I am your host Chris Russell make sure you follow at Locked Redskins make sure you go to the all-new Himalaya podcasting app Download it wherever you download your apps and check out the Locked on Redskins podcast there on Himalaya. They also have, of course, personally uh, curated playlists uh, and all of that good stuff. So go check them out. Himalaya. And as well, when you get your car, tell your smart speaker device, whatever it might be, to play podcast Locked on Redskins. Back in a flash, episode number 213. Thanks for being with us. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it is episode number 213 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Again, I am your host, Chris Russell. We'll move on from the quarterback situation just because we can do over-analysis by paralysis and all that good stuff uh, there. Uh, I wanted to bring you to some of the other things that Doug Williams, Senior Vice President of Player Personnel, 
for the Redskins had to say on Monday at Redskins Park. These quotes that I'm going to read you as we did in the first segment about the quarterbacks, courtesy of Redskins Public Relations, so I want to thank them uh, for doing that. I wasn't able to attend, so uh, don't have the audio just yet. We're working on trying to secure that uh, for you to hopefully get and play before the NFL draft so you can hear uh, from Doug Williams himself. We did post audio and video, by the way, on Twitter, courtesy of the Redskins, uh, at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on Monday. So you can go check out the video and audio there. But hopefully we'll be able to secure the audio rights um, to that particular press conference. Now, Doug Williams was asked by my buddy Ben Standig of NBC Sports Washington if the starting left guard was already on the roster. And, of course, if the team is looking to use the draft to fill that position. Now, number one, before I tell you what Doug's answer was, um, it would be an absolute irresponsible football crime if they don't draft a left guard. How they didn't last year, I have no idea. No idea. They were way, 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 way wrong on that. We said it at the time. We said it going in. We said it afterwards. And it was proven true and time and time and time and time again. Now, I can't tell you that they've ignored their offensive line. Of course they haven't. Drafted Trent Williams, number four overall in 2009, uh, in 2010, sorry. Uh, drafted Morgan Moses. Gave both of them huge lucrative contract extensions. Drafted Brandon Sheriff, number five overall in 2015. Said he was a right tackle. Everyone knew he was a guard. Now they are going into year five with him off of an injury. Can they get the contract extension done? We'll have to see. I can't say that they've ignored the offensive line. They have ignored the left guard position in the last five years. They brought in Sean Laval in 2014 immediately. Nobody thought he was any good. He's been good at times, pulling in space, run blocking, all of that. He hadn't been able to stay healthy, and he sucks in pass protection. I'm sorry, just being honest. So Doug was asked if the starting left guard was on the roster because, of course, they signed Eric Flowers, and the plan, the reported plan, was to play Eric Flowers at left guard or to try him there despite being a left and a right tackle for the first four years of his NFL career. The thought, hey, if he's got less space to worry about, he can use his size and his athleticism uh, to jam up guys and be a better left guard situation. And he could also play swing tackle reserve if something happened to Moses or Williams. So Doug Williams said, quote, it wouldn't be fair to say that he is not on the team. We did sign Eric Flowers to give him the opportunity to play left guard. If he can do that, we have a left guard. But other than that, I am not going to stand here and say he is not on the team or if we draft one that is going to be the starting guy because we don't know yet. We have to get him here first, and there is a possibility that we will draft a guy, whether or not he plays guard or tackle. You never know. It all depends. It all goes back to the board. Yes, thank you, Doug. It all goes back to the board. Listen, they have visited, they have um, met with several guards, Chris Lindstrom from Boston College, uh, the kid that we profiled last week from Washington. Um, They have met with Uh, Titus Howard, we mentioned him yesterday from Alabama State. They have met with a number of these guys, right? As well they should. Um, The best plan, quite honestly, is not for Eric Flowers to be the starting left guard. It's for Eric Flowers to get some reps at guard, to push a rookie, 
uh, but a highly invested rookie, meaning not a sixth-round rookie who is very raw and very unlikely to make an immediate impact. Unfortunately, that's what I think the Redskins are going to do here. I think they'll draft a left guard center type in the sixth or seventh round. Would I be shocked if they took one in the second round? No, I don't think they're going to, though. I would be surprised, quite honestly, if they took one at the number 15 overall pick. Quite honestly, I would be surprised by that. Um, So to me, I think they would be better served by having a true left guard, somebody who actually plays the position, who's not learning how to play the position on the fly in the NFL after four years of up and down and mostly down play at left and right tackle. That's what I would do. I, again, are they going to do that? Probably not because they see things a lot differently than I do. Uh, I think Eric Flowers, I have no problem with him, again, taking reps, learning the position, because the more valuable and versatile you can be, absolutely. And if Eric Flowers is much better at guard than he is at tackle, great. You stumbled into something here. But there's no guarantee that he is. Footwork, mechanics, everything is hand stance, everything, punch, everything is different at guard than it is a tackle. Not to say, again, he was good at tackle. But you know what? Here's the other thing. They don't have a great backup tackle option right now. Jaron Christian, a rookie last year, struggled in every way, then got hurt, made no impact at all, needs to bulk up, needs to get stronger, will. I'm sure he'll be okay. But right now, it's impossible for us to say that you could feel good about where the Redskins are at tackle. If you have Eric Flowers playing both tackle and guard, and that's a lot to ask of him, I guess, if you have that option, I'd feel better about both positions if you have him to, again, play backup swing tackle, backup guard, or push a rookie, but a rookie that is a second or third round type rookie, not a sixth or seventh round guy or a priority free agent or an undrafted guy who 250 times is passed up by NFL teams. That's too much, like Casey Dunn was last year. The Redskins thought, oh, we have this guy. (laughs) This guy is not good against big-time NFL talent. He's good against third stringers and in practice where not everybody is going 100% and you're not always in pads. So that's the left guard situation, which I found to be uh, pretty interesting. Now, um, in terms of a trade-up, right, Doug Williams said basically they are in more position and in better positioning to trade down then trade up. And ultimately, he is absolutely correct. Again, I've never thought it would make sense for the Redskins to trade up. I thought maybe, 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 maybe you could look into trading up with Miami. Miami is rebuilding defensive head coach. Maybe if you say, okay, the quarterback that we like, Haskins, we think he's going to go. And maybe they don't like Haskins. I, I don't know. It seems like all the momentum in the world is pointing towards they like Haskins. Maybe you could do that. But that's a different discussion than going up to three or six to, or five to leapfrog the Giants or one or, or whatever, or even into the top ten. That's a completely different argument, okay? 
especially being that you have, again, Case Keenum and you do have Colt McCoy. It's a completely different argument. So I was glad to see Doug Williams mention that. Now, he also pointed out guys can fall, and it seems like Dwayne Haskins has fallen. When it, some people think he's the best quarterback in the draft, I do. Again, Lewis Riddick does. Others do as well. And guys can fall. Jonathan Allen fell to number 17 overall in 2017 because there were concerns about his uh, the arthritis in his shoulder. Well, it hasn't been a problem so far. Now, he did get hurt in his rookie year and missed most of his rookie year with a Liz Frank injury, but he was great last year. So you never know until you get there Thursday night who's going to be there, right? We could do, again, all this analysis, but to me, that's why I don't move up. Move down, different, different. That's different because even though you have nine draft picks, you can still help yourself out in a variety of different ways, uh, and it allows you to then package more picks to move up in the draft board in another round when somebody is there that you really like but you think and you fear maybe he's not going to be there. Maybe you have a first-round grade on him, and he's there in the middle of the second round. Then it allows you to move up by moving down in the first round especially if there isn't a clear-cut choice based on the talent and how you have your draft board step. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the Locked On Redskins Podcast. It is episode number 213. I am your host, Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us. Chris Collinsworth, who's part of the ownership group over at our favorite website, profootballfocus.com, and of course, Sunday Night Football Analyst. Uh, he's got Kyler Murray going number one uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, for the Washington Redskins, by the way, he has Dwayne Haskins going number six overall uh, to the New York Giants. He's got DK Metcalf, who we just talked about, going at number seven. Um, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Boy, um, he's also got Brian Burns off the board uh, at number eight to Detroit. Andre Dillard, who we talked about from Washington State, going to the Bills in the top 10. Number nine, Drew Locke at number 10. Uh, he's got Devin White of LSU off the board, Ed Oliver off the board, Montez Sweat, who's got some health concerns, uh, going to the Dolphins at number 13, and Jonah Williams from Alabama, the offensive tackle, who a lot of people say could play inside at guard, going one pick before. He's got Cleland Farrell at number 15. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder who picked that for the Washington Redskins. Well, we did on the Locked On NFL mock draft last week, which is still available on the Locked On NFL podcast. Uh, just go to the Wednesday, April 17th edition for our pick and analysis, and we played uh, our analysis from the War Room on yesterday's episode. Now, listen, according to Pro Football Focus's big board rank, for Cleveland Farrell is 35th. So certainly I think there is a leap of faith here and maybe 15 is too early. 
Uh, but the bottom line is, is you need an edge pass rusher. You need a guy who played at a big time program who performed uh, in big time spots. And one thing about Farrell is he's not going to like wow, wow, wow you in terms of his pass rush repertoire and skills uh, like a Brian Burns can, but he's going to work his ass off. And he's never going to give up. And he seems to fit the mold of what the Redskins try and go after. Not the best athlete, not maybe the best talent, but the guy that wants it more. The guy that fits in. And I will also add this. When I asked Jay Gruden, can you ever have enough Alabama guys? He laughed and he said, I don't know. Maybe I'll go for where, maybe we'll go with somebody from Clemson. We'll start attacking Clemson. Don't rule that out. Cleveland Farrell is Chris Collinsworth's pick, and my pick as well, uh, at number 15 overall for the Washington Redskins, at least based on what was laid out for me in the Locked On NFL mock draft. Again, still available on the Locked On NFL pod and at Locked On NFL net. So Chris Collinsworth goes with Cleveland Farrell of Clemson. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for being with us here on the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 213. I am your host, Chris Russell. Adios. We'll see you as soon as we possibly can see you. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.